Hey guys, we have a quick segment this week before we start the show. Last weekend, we had our OTP meetup at BookCon in New York, which Erica was amazing. So, it was so fun. fun. We were so happy to meet all of you, and we want to shout out to any new crewmates that we might have listening. So hope you're all enjoying reading the romance books that we gave away. For anyone who couldn't be at BookCon, we have another giveaway happening on our Twitter account right now, so it's not too late to get free books. To enter, follow us on Twitter at OTP underscore pod. Then tweet us your favorite couple using hashtag OTP podcast and hashtag sweepstakes. You have until June 9th to enter, and we'll be picking our winner after that, so check out our Twitter for a full list of rules. Coming up, we have recordings of some of the OTPs you shared with us on Saturday. They are so adorable, Erica, so keep listening to hear all the love. My OTP is Augie and Daisy from Wonder. My OTP is April and Andy from Parks and Recreation. My OTP is Bughead, so that's Jughead and Betty from Riverdale. My OTP is Nick and Jess from New Girl. My OTP is Noah Shaw and Mara Dyer from the Mara Dyer series. Uh, Alec Lightwood and Magnus Bain from Cassandra Clare's novels. My OTPs are Simon and Izzy from the Cassandra Clare series and Leo Valdez and Calypso from the Percy Jackson series. My OTP is Zuko and Katara from Avatar Last Airbender. My OTP is Alec Lightwood and Magnus Bain from Cassandra Clare's Mortal Instruments series. My OTP is either Percy and Annabeth from the Percy Jackson series or Isabel and Simon from the Mortal Instruments. My OTP is Claire and Jim from Troll Hunters. My OTP is Harry and Hermione from Harry Potter. That was super fun, and I'm getting really, really emotional about all of your OTPs. Thank you guys so much for sharing them with us. But now, it's time to start the show and go to a galaxy far, far away. Pew, pew, pew. (laughs) (laughs) I love you. Hi everyone and welcome to One True Pairing, aka OTP. I'm Marissa. I'm Erica. And today, Erica, you must be so excited, we are talking about an iconic couple. I'm so mad that you guys can't see my cheese grin. (laughs) We are talking about some of our favorite couples in the Star Wars franchise, specifically Han Solo and Leia Organa from Star Wars, but I'm also, because I'm a huge Star Wars nerd, going to probably talk a lot of shit about Padme and Anakin. And we're doing this in honor of Solo, which just came out. Um, and I have to be honest, Marissa, I went, I saw it. I was kind of meh. Oh, that's a bummer. But there are a couple of fun Easter eggs in it. So if you're a Star Wars fan, it's worth it. But it just wasn't my fave. Um, we'll get into kind of the balance of power in some, some of these relationships. Um, and I think we should forewarn probably light spoilers. I mean, if you haven't seen the original three it's been a long time, but um, for the newer movies, you know, spoilers might be ahead. I, I feel like there's no excuse for not seeing, at the very least, the original three. Right. There's no excuse. Those movies came out in the late 70s, early 80s. I'm going to spoil the shit out of it. So I just watched them for the first time over the weekend. <laughs> Tell me what you thought. Um, I had a lot of thoughts. Um, the one that keeps popping up, which is totally random, it was very... 
there were a lot of noises. Like all the <laughs> all the robots make so many weird like beep boop 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 noises that I didn't need. There's a lot of like pew 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 with all the lasers. Um, and then I th- I'm gonna need a little convincing I think on Han and Leia. I just felt like some of the things I read after about you know the feminism of the relationship and mm-hmm. and some of that stuff. I'm like, are you just read? Are you reading that into the dialogue, or is that really was that really the intent? And I'm wondering if like we're looking at things from like a more feminist view now, but like I'm sure it wasn't the intent, right? Because he, mean, it was the '70s. She and, was like I 19 mean, years old. Yeah, and Han's like a dick. I mean, mm-hmm. but a cute one. Oh, he's like <laughs> he's at, at times he is the original fuckboy. All right, let me give you. Let's yeah. get. Let's. I'll give you some backstory, and then I'll explain to you why and. A lot of my ship for Han and Leia is also based off of the more recent three okay. movies. And when you juxtapose Anakin and Padme versus Han and Leia, you mm-hmm. feel a lot better about shipping Han and Leia. Okay. All right. Teach Han me. Solo. What, awesome. I, what is it called? I'm a Padawan or whatever? Yes, you Teach are. Teach me the you're force. Gonna be my, you're going to be my <laughs> Padawan. Yay. I am your Jedi master, bitch. You yes. are short like Yoda. I am short like Yoda. This is true. Listen, Yoda's a badass. He is. I'm not. I'm totally that. cool with being called a little green alien dude that lives over 900 years. But Han Solo. Yes. Are you ready to learn about I'm Han? I'm ready. Leia? Okay. So Han Solo is from Corellia. Mm-hmm. He's kind of a smuggler, thief dude. Um, he pilots the Millennium Falcon with his buddy Chewie, Chewbacca, who is a Wookiee. Yes, I love like, Chewie. Has a raging temper. He's also kind of a chicken shit sometimes, which is really cute. Like, he gets scared yeah. by little robots in the movie, and he it's adorable. He's definitely one of my favorites. It's and hard not to love It's hard not to love Chewbacca. Okay. So, Chewie and Han Solo, basically, in the first movie, the first ever actual Star Wars movie, not like the first Star Wars movie, um, A New Hope, which is actually episode four, you meet them, and they're smugglers and kind of thieves, and they're like, they run contraband. Pirates. Yeah. They run contraband back and forth in the Millennium Falcon, which is described as a piece of shit plane. Like, it's a piece of shit spacecraft. Mm -hmm. But he loves it. It's his baby. Han Solo is played by Harrison Ford. Yeah. And I think... He's very cute. He was very, very, (laughs) very cute back in the day. Yes. Um, So, in A New Hope, Han meets Leia. Leia Organa is a princess Mm -hmm. and also a senator. And she's also the head of the Rebel Alliance. Right. Because she's badass. She is freaking badass. And this is where we get the iconic bun. Yes. Bun look. It the, it's the Cinnabons Which on either side. Which I was side. surprised, too, watching the first three, that that's really only in the first movie and really only in the first few scenes. And then she rocks all kinds of cool hairstyles. Oh, hell yeah. So. Yeah, but they're all, when you think about it, they're all very practical hairstyles. Yeah. And it's one of the, this is one of the things that you could read if as a more feminist take mm-hmm. later on in life. And I don't think that George Lucas or anybody who actually directed these films was looking at it, looking at her as a feminist right. icon. But when you see her hairstyle in Empire Strikes Back, it's very braided up. It's mm-hmm. out of the way so that, you know, she can do battle yeah. and all this shit. When she hits Cloud City, it's also braided up. Now yep. it's still, it's a little more down, but, still, but it's still braided yeah. up and out of the way. It's really only down when they're like, when they have a moment to like rest and and celebrate some of their victories, exactly. Yeah. Or when you know she's a slave girl to Jabba the Hutt, right? Then she's got that long braid, but still she's super badass, mm-hmm. and it's hard not to love her. Yes. She was played by Carrie Fisher, R.I.P. Mm-hmm. Um, she's from the planet Alderaan, and she and Han Solo meet in A New Hope, 
when Luke goes to rescue her. Now, Luke goes to rescue her because he sees this message from her that's gone to um, Obi-Wan Kenobi Mm -hmm. on his home planet of Tatooine. Right. And he becomes obsessed with, like, meeting this beautiful woman and rescuing her (laughs) and trying to help the Alliance. I know it's creepy (laughs) as fuck because of what you find out about them later, but you don't know that in A New Hope. You don't find that out yet. So... Luke goes to Moss Eisley's spaceport. You will never find a more wretched hive of scum and villainy. <laughs> so basically, Moss Eisley's spaceport is this gigantic bar port kind of place right. where all of these criminals get together. They drink and they listen to an alien band, band play shitty music. That's basically Sounds what it is. Fun. And this is where they go. They meet Han Solo. Mm-hmm. They hire him. They wind up going to the Death Star. They rescue Princess Leia off the Death Star. Mm-hmm. And... You know, she and Han are immediately butting heads. Yes. She's like, he's a big, dumb lug of an asshole man. And he's like, you are an entitled chick and I don't want to talk to you at all. You're a total bitch. I don't want to, like, we rescued you and you're being an asshole to me right now. I did love that, though, when they were, like, they're trying to get out and she's like, I'll handle this and just whips out a gun and just starts shooting. Yeah. Yeah. She's very take charge. She's very used to issuing orders, not listening to them. And he very much is also the same. Like, he captains his ship. He is the pilot of his own destiny. Right. Here's this woman telling him what to do. And she's yeah. kind of smarter than he is, to be fair. I did think, and this is one of the things I read later, of, you know, there, there's the, he doesn't say, I don't want to listen to you because you're a woman. He says, like, I'm used to answering to only me. Yeah. So, again, that's something where we could read in where, like, it's feminist of him not to care that she's a woman. He just doesn't want to listen to anyone else. Yeah. He doesn't want to listen to anybody. And right. it's one of the reasons why at the end of A New Hope, he's like, okay, I literally was doing this for the money. Yeah. Right. But then he comes back and between him and Luke, blow up the death scar, rescue the day, de- like completely rescue everybody, kind of, because it continues, like the yeah. war continues. But they get their medals, everything's cool. They're not like, in love yet, but they're kind of finding a common ground by the end of right. A New Hope. Then you have Empire Strikes Back. So this is kind of where you are right now. They're now all part of the Rebel Alliance. They're all fighting the Empire in their own way. And at the beginning of Empire, Luke is injured. And Leia goes to visit him in the hospital room. And the hand comes also to check on him. And they're bullshitting and he's teasing Leia, you know, like, you don't want to let me out of your sight because I'm so handsome or whatever. Right. Again, there's a small part of him that's like the original fuckboy. Yeah. And as a big you know, middle finger to him, she goes ahead and kind of makes out with Luke in front of him. Right. Um, you find out in Empire that Luke is the son of Darth Vader. Right. Then you find out in Return of the Jedi that Luke is a twin and he has a sister and his sister is Princess Leia. Yep. And none of this ever gets, the makeout session never gets addressed. Yeah. And he, it's funny because he like, as soon as he, he finds out he has a sister, he like immediately knows it's Leia. Yeah. <laughs> but you're right. It's never like, shit, I made out with my sister. Nope. Never gets or, addressed. like, maybe we should talk about this or go to therapy. It's just, It's just on. whatever. This happened. You kissed me as a. I mean, they have a lot going on. So. Han and Leia finally admit their feelings to each mm-hmm. other in Empire. You kind of see his and Han and Leia's relationship start to grow. She's running around issuing orders, trying to get all the rebels off of Hoth, and he's trying to get her off the planet. The Empire is coming to blow our asses up. Why won't you let me save you, lady? She's busy trying to save everyone else. He finally gets her on the Millennium Falcon. They, like, 
you know, they're like dodging asteroids and battling different aliens, trying to, you know, continue battling the Empire from the Millennium Falcon. And this is how they fall in love. Right. You know, while battling things. And it's kind of great, actually. Like, right. They make out on the Millennium Falcon while unbeknownst to them, they're in the belly of a big kind of worm alien thing. <laughs> Because um, they were in an asteroid field. They park on a big asteroid so they can make some repairs to the Millennium Falcon. They don't realize that in parking inside of that asteroid, they also parked inside of a alien. I mean, it happens to the best of us. But they make out on the Millennium Falcon, which is great. And I did like their first kiss scene. I thought that was – there was. I have to say, the tension between them is really good. The banter is exactly what you want out of kind of an enemies to lovers yeah. story. So. It totally – it works. Then they go to Cloud City. And on Cloud City, this is where – they meet one of my favorite ships in the Star Wars mm-hmm. franchise, Lando Calrissian, played impeccably by Billy D. Williams of the original hot black guy. Yeah, he was great. Like there's, he is suave and wonderful and super sexy, and he of course takes an immediate liking to Leia also because right. again she's beautiful, and Han is visibly irritated with him. About flirting with this woman who is like, finally, I've gotten her to admit that we love each other. Get the fuck off my jock. Why are you doing this? Han then is betrayed by Lando, who is being raked over the coals. I'm going to we're going to give him a pass here because. Yeah, he doesn't have much of an option. He didn't really have much of a choice. The Empire landed before Han and Leia did, made him strike this deal to hand Han over to a bounty hunter. And use them as bait so that Darth Vader could get his hands on Luke. Right. So, bounty hunter comes, takes Luke, Darth Vader tortures Han and decides he's going to freeze him in carbonate, which then brings us to one of the most famous scenes in the Star Wars franchise. So, they're about to freeze Han Solo in carbonate, mm-hmm. right? Um, and he may or may not survive this process because it's... it's intensive. Basically, they're freezing your body, dipping you in fucking silver or something, and... And hoping you'll unthaw hoping you survive. <laughs> yeah. Hoping you survive. So they're about to do this to him. They're about to lower him into the pit. And she Leia looks at him and goes, I love you. And he looks back at her and goes, I know. <laughs> Such a dick. But it's so good. It's so him. It's an amazing scene. It's it it's kind of super romantic, except you know, it's romantic in a weird way yeah. where you want him to maybe give her a little more because he could die. But it's also so perfectly him and her yeah. that like it makes sense. It fits them. Yeah. So he survives, obviously. Yes. To, but he is wall decoration. He is wall decoration for, for Jabba the Hutt, mm-hmm. who is basically this big blob worm dude. So Leia goes undercover as a bounty hunter, then gets captured by Jabba the Hutt, and he makes her a slave girl because he's the worst. And this is where the bikini comes this into play. This is the iconic bikini, right? Yeah. 19-year-old Carrie Fisher, man. <laughs> She's beautiful. Like, I want to work out so I can look like that. <laughs> so this is all proof of her love for him and Lando's love for him. They both go undercover. Like, Lando's a bounty hunter just hanging out at Jabba's place. Then Luke comes into play. They have no idea that Luke is coming into play. It becomes this kind of small comedy of errors where everyone was trying to save Han. Right. And not communicating. And not communicating <laughs> yeah. at all. But they managed to save Han. They defrost him. He's blind from carbonation sickness. So and that was cute, too, because he was like, who are you? And she's like, someone who loves you. Yeah. And then they make out, and it's great. <laughs> and we should talk about the fact that he doesn't even see her. Han doesn't even see her in the bikini because he's blind. That's true. He so never gets to see the bikini. All the other men get to see her in this outfit, but the one man who loves her 
doesn't have to look at her like that. Like he he's in love with her for her spirit and her personality and doesn't even get to see the awesome outfit. And then she fucking kills Jabba the Hutt. Yes. Because she is amazing. She kills him with the chain he bound her with. Right. And even if George Lucas didn't originally write it that way or whoever was writing this film at the time, it is still feminist as fuck. It's yeah. like, okay, I came undercover here to save my man. You've decided that you're going to objectify me, put me in this bikini, and make me your slave girl. I'm going to kill you with this chain that you have around my neck. Now you're dead. Yes. It's wonderful. It's hard not to cheer for her. Yeah. It's actually hard not to cheer for her throughout all three movies. No, she's awesome in all of them. I, I, I thought, like, even not reading extra feminist things into her, like, she's clearly so capable and doesn't need any... I mean, she she needs help, but, like, can do so much on her own. Yeah. And it's, so I'm sure, especially at the time, it was amazing to see a character like that for young girls to have someone to look up to who was so oh, amazing. Yeah. Princess Leia is the original... She's the OG badass. Yeah. There's there's no there's no complaining about her at all. Yeah. So flash forward through the rest of Return of the Jedi, blah, 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 second Death Star, blah, blah, blah. Lando blows it up. We assume everything's cool. So flash forward 30 years, all of a sudden, the Empire is on its way back because you can't keep bad people down. Right. Han and Leia have had a kid. Their kid is now Kylo Ren. Mm-hmm. Their kid has gone to the dark side. Dun, dun, dun. total dun 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 kid and spoilers abound Kylo Ren kills Han Solo I know and that's so Han dies that's awful but before this they had already split up and they had split up because Kylo Ren had gone to the dark side and they didn't really know what to do about it now his it just kind of put negative pressure on their relationship yeah okay his real name is Ben Mm -hmm. and she when they reunite because they reunite during Force Awakens Leia looks at him and tells him, please try and save our son. Yeah. Like, I, I feel like there's still good in him. Right. But then he kills his father. Basically as a way to prove to the new head of the Sith that I'm actually a badass. I'm just as good as Darth Vader. I'm going to finish what he started, and I'm going to murder my father. It's very heartbreaking. So how, how do you feel as someone who obviously ships Han and Leia, the, the fact that they split up? I mean... You know, it was kind of weird, but it made sense. It made sense because they're the Leia actually sums it up perfectly that they both went back to what made sense for the two of them. Like she went individually. Yeah. Okay. But the the their chosen paths are very disparate. Like he he went back to smuggling. Right. He went back to you know being a criminal. She went back to politics. She continued with her path being a general. So. That very the very nature of their two chosen careers is the type that would pull you apart. Right. I mean, when you see them start falling in love, he's given up his criminal life right. and he has now joined the resistance. He's part of the Rebel Alliance. He's doing things for the Rebel Alliance. His son turns to you know the dark side. Now he's going to go back to his life of crime because he probably feels like, what's the point? Yeah, of being part of the rebellion when I can't even save my own son. Yeah, so it's sad, but you kind of get it. Yeah. Um. Before we go on through, let's quickly jump to a word from our sponsors. Um, I should probably explain my ship of Leia and Han a little bit because I liked them as a couple. I didn't like love them as a couple Mm -hmm. when I grew up and watched these movies. But in light of the prequel movies, which 
we're going to pretend like that first one didn't even happen. <laughs> it, it brought in Jar Jar Binks, who is the fucking worst. Like, <laughs> but in the second movie, which is Attack of the Clones, you see Padme. Padme is also a senator. Right. And she's Queen of Naboo at one point. She's sort of supposed to be like young Leia-esque. But they it's like they stripped away all of the things that made Leia such an awesome, badass character. Like You see... Anakin, who becomes eventually Darth Vader, you see him and Padme fall in love. Now, where you see Han and Leia fall in love, you know, battling people with blasters and shit, you see Padme and Anakin fall in love, rolling around in a field <laughs> in Naboo. Like, she's in beautiful, long, flowy feminist dresses. He's there to protect her. She's kind of helpless throughout the beginning of the film. You're like, I hate you so much. So it's much more like a traditional romantic look at it than yeah. than kind of yeah and he's younger than her not like super younger than her but he's younger than her um he tries to boss her around and tell her what to do and she's super dismissive of him and it's not fun and playful in the way that Harrison Ford and Carrie Fisher's banter was and this is no knock to Hadley, Natalie Portman and Hayden Christensen they're both amazing actors yeah. they were just not amazing with each other it was such forced chemistry and it made it made the dialogue that much worse. Yeah. It, yeah. You weren't even sure if they actually liked each other in real life. Um, at the end of Attack of the Clones, Anakin and Padme get married. Mm -hmm. When you start the third movie, Padme is pregnant with Luke and Leia. Right. So it's it's weird to see, like, okay, you're their mom, but you're you kind of feel like such a wuss. And in the third movie, it's even worse because she's pregnant. She's not really doing much of anything. She's spending a lot of time crying over Anakin, who is moving towards the dark side. I think she went from being a character who could have been really powerful mm -hmm. to, if you watch her in the later, like, as the movies progressed, just is kind of sitting there. She's with child. She's crying over her fuckboy. Right. And her who has only, decided to be horrible. Her only power is like her political power. Yeah. But she's not even really using that. No, she transfers it to fucking Jar Jar Binks of all people. <laughs> and he brings all he brings her out the he brings about the demise of the Republic. Because he is awful. <laughs> now having explained Padme and Anakin's relationship, this is when I started really shipping Luke and Leia. Because right. it's hard to be a fan of these films and not compare the original three that came out in the 70s and 80s to the ones that came out in the late 2000s. Right. Because it's it's not new material. It's yeah. not like it's recycled, but it's not, it doesn't feel fresh and new. It's like history repeating itself. Sort of, yeah. yeah. Um, and you watch how Padme and Anakin fall in love versus Han and Leia. You watch how Padme lives her life versus how Leia lives her life. You see Han versus Anakin and it's just like, if you were going to give me a romantic couple to pick, Han and Leia went hands down. Yeah. 1,000%. These movies have a, a really big theme of love during war and love and war. What do you think about that? I like the theme of love amidst war. Yeah. I mean, when you really think about how Han and Leia in particular fall in love, the idea of love in the middle of this gigantic galactic war, it trumping all odds, is it's a really... Not heartwarming, that's the wrong word. But it's a good thing to take away from the films that they, you can almost imagine that they're able to triumph over the Empire because they're because of their ability to love. Like, right. I mean, that's why, that's what keeps them good. Yeah. Like, in the general sense of being able to love anyone, but then also having a, a partner that you can, that you're you're motivated to, like, make a better world for them and for your future with them and 
your potential kids. Yeah. But then I think the fact that they don't end up together in the the newer movies also speaks to like they're all still human. I mean, we're all still people. So yeah. even if we're trying to fight these huge forces, some things can't sustain. You know, some things can break you. I think more with Kylo Ren and his how he broke up his parents. I think it I don't think it was lack of love between his parents or lack of love for him. I think it was more him striving for a weird kind of greatness. Right. And the the path eventually only being the dark side because Yeah. Um but it's not it's not for lack of love. Yeah. Um conversely, you could look at Anakin at the end of Return of the Jedi finding his humanity again and he's one of the instrumental parts in bringing down the fall of the empire that first time because he wants to save his son right and he doesn't want to let the emperor kill his son which is going to happen if he doesn't kill the emperor so he kind of in a in a sense gives himself up to save luke so yeah the theme of love in the middle of war is a really overextending one in the films and that you really need it to be able to overcome the worst odds. Oh, yeah. yeah. Most of. I also think there's a theme of the balance of power between Leia and Han. Well, I'm just thinking, so when in Return of the Jedi. Yes. And they're trying to battle with all the Ewoks, right? They're they're sort they're of not battling the with Ewoks, them. but then the Ewoks become their partners. And yeah, yeah. The Ewoks but are they're... a big point of contention with Ron and I. <laughs> so shut up, Ron. The Ewoks are great. <laughs> um, but Leia gets shot, and Han thinks she's like injured, and then she actually has a gun on her and he's like I love you and it's her turn to be like I know yep so I do think that the the over the course of the three you get his asshole moment in the beginning but there is a good balance of them that they're they're they are well matched yeah and I feel like it doesn't come into a a much um play of the fact that she's a princess like he doesn't view her as a princess he views her as a pain in his ass he picks on her (laughs) or the woman he loves right so that's kind of nice that that isn't an obstacle for them. They don't look at the kind of class structures. You see the class structure break down a little more with Padme and Anakin too, which is again one of the things that is so fucking frustrating about them as a couple. Like he's very respectful of her royal office mm-hmm. and the fact that she's a senator and she's very dismissive of him while he's still a Padawan learner and you know she mocks him a lot and it doesn't feel playful and fun the way Han mocking Leia for being royal you know he calls her his worshipfulness or whatever yeah. <laughs> it doesn't feel as fun it feels like she kind of means it yeah that she thinks she's better yeah yeah there's just so much more respect between Han and Leia like it's it's he's annoyed by her at first that she's you know she's like you fucked up this mission to save me let me do it my way and he's annoyed by that because he's not used to having to listen to anyone but when he sees that she's capable, it's one of the reasons he falls in love with her because she can take care of herself. Yeah, I think. And you don't see the, you don't see that with Padme and Anakin at all, especially when you hit that third movie where they're married and she is with she's pregnant with his kids. He talks down to her a lot throughout that film. Like he's not listening to her tell him this is not what I want. He's just I'm going to do this because this is right for the both of us. Whereas Han listen. You know, as their relationship progresses, he actually listens to her. Like, we're going to follow this course of action because I am going to admit you are slightly smarter than me and, when and, it comes to these things. And gender has nothing to do with it. Nope. So, Marissa. Yes. Have I convinced you to ship Han and Leia? I was on the fence of whether I ship or skip Han and Leia, but I think you've convinced me that yes. they are worthy of my ship. They are so worthy of your ship. 
it's just Han's such a fuckboy. So you can't – well, he's got the hero quest thing. You know, he goes yeah. from being a criminal to then being part of the Rebel Alliance. But then he kind of goes back to being a criminal. So it's hard to really love him. But I see what you're saying. But go see Sol- – wait. Yeah, go see Solo. It's not going to ruin anything in the rest of the films for you. Okay. So be sure to rate, comment, subscribe. Let us know on Twitter at OTP underscore pod who your favorite ships are in the Star Wars galaxy. If you agree with us, disagree with us, you um, want to hear it all, specifically talk to Erica. Though. <laughs> no, we can talk to you too. Also, definitely let us know what you think of Padme and Anakin because I... I sometimes think that my opinion is very popular for the two of them, but I could be wrong. Maybe there's a Padme Anakin ship out there somewhere, and if you ship them, let us know why. And we will see you next time in the future. (laughs) (laughs) Cheers. Cheers to Star Wars. Cheers to Star Wars. And to Pew Pew. And to Solo. (laughs) Pew Pew Pew. One Shoe Pairing is produced by our goddess, Becky Celestina, with support from the fabulous Alexander Abnos and Katie Ferguson. The senior editor of Macmillan Podcast is the amazing Alyssa Martino. To find out more about OTP and all of Macmillan's other awesome shows, visit us at macmillanpodcast.com. <laughs>